Master Tommy, that's what everybody was supposed to call me. Happy Love drove us to the mall in King of Prussia to buy me a whole new wardrobe. When we walked in, we definitely turned heads. I was in an old pair of Levi's walking with this full-grown man dressed as a chauffeur. We walked into a men's suit store where I stood in front of a wall of mirrors and was measured by a tailor. I had worn a jacket or two in my day but never a fully tailored suit. We are going to have them make you five. Happy said. Then he went around the store and selected suits that looked just like Father Divine's. And, you're going to need something for the banquet tonight. He and the tailor found a suit that was a close fit and pinned it up so I would have something nice to wear right away. I can't say I was excited by any of this. It didn't seem real at the time. There were already some changes taking place in me personally, but I didn't realize it yet. On our way back from the mall Happy got an idea. Let's get a hoagie, he said. What's a hoagie? I asked, you'll see. We pulled up to a little hoagie shop in Conchahawken and parked the black limo across several parking spaces. All eyes were on us as we went in, he ordered us a sandwich to share. We don't want to spoil our appetite for the banquet, he said. They delivered him a big sandwich on Italian bread that had been rubbed with olive oil and stuffed with meats and cheeses. I took a first bite and declared, oh wow. These are great. Happy smiled and nodded in agreement. I'd found something I liked about this new place, there was still plenty of daylight when we arrived back at Woodmont. Happy parked the limo in a stable with five other black Cadillac limousines. We are going to the brothers' quarters, he said. We walked past the gas pumps, they were for the fleet of vehicles owned by the Peace Mission Movement, and into the garage. There was a sectioned-off space for father's fleet of cars. Including, one with little American flag decorations like a diplomat's vehicle. There was only one Lincoln, father preferred Cadillacs, though one car was his pride and joy, the Dwesenberg. It was a specially built car on an extended chassis. He had it rigged with a seat that would raise him up when he was greeting followers so he would appear taller than Mother Divine. Today its value would be more than $400,000. In the garage was also what Happy called Mother's Incognito Car, a black station wagon with red interior. My tour of the brothers' quarters continued past a wood staircase that led to a private office over the garage. That office belonged to Mississippi St. Mary Bloom, the treasurer for the movement. Hidden in her office was a six-foot-tall safe, which weighed more than a ton. Here is where the cash assets of the Peace Mission movement were kept. It was said that the Peace Mission was netting more than $15 million per year in its heyday, and none of that money found its way to banks. The living quarters were between the garage and the garage maintenance room in the back. The maintenance room was used for fixing lawn mowers and tractors. Happy ushered me to the dormitory-style housing, and I got my first glimpse at the cracks in the fantasy facade. At the entry to the brothers' quarters was the open door to a gun cabinet. It was filled with rifles, shotguns, pistols and ammunition. I was staring at the gun cabinet when Happy said, I want to introduce you to somebody. A man was standing there, he had a buzz haircut and a stern expression on his face. He wore a gun in a holster on his hip. This is Marty, Happy Love said, I'm Marty Hurdle.
I'm head of security for the estate. You're going to share a room with me and Marty, Happy said. Happy brought my new clothes across the hall as he showed me to our bedroom. He opened the door on a simple room, decorated only with a picture of Father Divine. There were two twin-sized beds aligned neatly in the center of the room and a third small bed off to the side. Which Happy said was meant for me. My sleeping arrangements seemed like an afterthought. Can't I have my own room? I asked Happy, no, he replied. Nobody gets their own room. Only Father Divine. Marty pointed out that our bathroom was in the middle of the hallway, shared with the other brothers. Happy took me down to the bathroom, a big open room which had toilets and urinals. It was very industrial looking. It smelled like pee, and I was grossed out by the cups full of dentures on the sink. The single shower had clear glass, not frosted, so anybody would be able to see whoever was in there. We continued the tour to the TV room. There was one set with rabbit ears. Facing the TV was an ugly, stained couch surrounded by wooden chairs. There we met more of the brothers. I nodded as I was introduced, this is Master Tommy. Everybody was polite, but some of them had questioning looks on their faces. It seemed they didn't know why I was there either. Happy walked me back to the shared bathroom. The banquet starts at six, he said. Get in the shower and get ready, okay? He closed the door and I slowly undressed. I folded my clothes and set them down neatly. I jumped into the shower and let the warm water flow over me. Within moments, the door opened and a man walked in. He pulled down his pants to use the bathroom. We had a clear view of each other, and he was definitely looking. Then another man came in, then another. They started shaving and using the urinals, each of them taking a good long look at me. I took the fastest shower in history, wrapped myself in a towel and ran back to my room. Happy had laid out my suit for me, so I quickly put on my clothes and sat on the bed waiting for Happy. Then he came for me, ready to escort me to my first ever divine banquet. Happy and I walked together. There was still plenty of light to show us our way to the main house. It was nice being with Happy, I felt safe, we went through the staff entrance on the side of the house, through the upper kitchen. Down the hall, past the grand foyer and into the dining room, wow, I said as soon as I saw it, I saw the thirty-foot-long table covered with a white tablecloth, crocheted with intricate floral patterns. Matching doilies were laid out underneath gold-rimmed glasses. All the silverware was gold-trimmed, and an arrangement of spoons, all fanned out like a rainbow was laid at the head of the table. In the center were beautiful fresh flowers. The blooms overflowed from the vases. The room was filled with people. Not just the thirty people invited to the banquet, but followers stood in three deep behind the seats, hoping for a chance to be called up to one of the coveted spots at the table. All of the men were dressed in formal suits, the woman wore beautiful long dresses made of shining fabrics. There were two open seats at the head of the table. Father and Mother Divine had not yet arrived. I was shown to a chair four spaces to the right of the head of the table. When I sat in the padded chair, my feet dangled above the floor. I stared at the lion heads carved into the wooden armrest of some of the chairs. Before long, the room fell quiet, 
and a woman introduced as Miss Sunshine Flowers went to the organ. She played upbeat music, and some people sang, the songs were littered with biblical phrases and the words peace and love. None of what she played was familiar to me. As she wound down her music, the anticipation in the room was palpable. People were at the edge of their seats. When the music stopped completely, everybody stood up and some people went crazy. I couldn't see past all of the people jumping up and clapping. Between people jumping out of their seats I caught glimpses of Father Divine and Mother Divine walking in. He was dressed in a pinstripe suit that matched the one that Happy had picked for me. Mother wore a long dress made from a pink fabric that shimmered under the light of the chandeliers and matched the flowers on the table. Everybody was saying, Peace Father and Peace Mother. Father smiled and waved, while Mother was more subdued, acknowledging them only with the slightest smile. Father reached the table first, then Mother, and when they sat, everyone else did. There was still no food being served when Brother Philip Life stood to make announcements and introduce Father's sermon for the day. As he spoke about the importance of living a godly life, the women around the table tried desperately to catch Father's eye. I watched a woman stare at him for several minutes. Without breaking contact, contorting her body in ways I'd never seen. She was trying to position herself so he could see all over her body. He finally glimpsed at her, acknowledging her desperate attempts to get him to look at her, and then she started gyrating her body. She then moved on to jumping around, and Mother gave her one look, gesturing with her hand and that woman was escorted out. Still, people were speaking in tongues as if they were possessed with the Holy Spirit. One woman who looked like a black Carmen Miranda with a hat filled with fruit, jumped up and said, Honey Bunch Honey. The room didn't stop rocking until a woman named Miss Margaret Faith, dressed in a white service uniform, stepped forward and handed Father a bell. He rang it five times, and it was swiftly taken away by a male follower in a white, buttoned-up jacket. Then, in a well-choreographed dance, Miss Faith stepped forward again, holding a silver service tray filled with serving spoons. Father chose one of the spoons from then placed it on a dish of food. There were trays full of chicken, duck, lamb, sweet potatoes, rolls and steaming vegetables. This went on until he was out of spoons, he's blessing them, my neighbor said, father stood up and cleared his throat. Peace, everyone. Peace, father, everyone replied, we have an important person to welcome. He gestured for me to stand up, and I did. This is Master Tommy. He will be living with us at Woodmont. The voices in the room said, Peace, Master Tommy. I sat down after my introduction. Then Father sat down and sound filled the room of a wire recording of one of his earlier sermons. The sermon started with cheers just like we'd had at the banquet, and the greeting of peace was the same, Father led a chorus as they sang a song called I Am an American. It was hard to hear the words to the song, as the track was grainy, but I could make out some of the lines. It was all about being proud to be an American. After the song, the recording went into a speech. The voice that came out of the speakers was not exactly the same as that of the soft-spoken man who had invited me to his house. When I think back, in my memory his voice is full of bass, but if you listen to the recordings, you'll notice it's not bass, but bravado, a type of mesmerizing charisma. We are real true American.
aren't you glad? Just as that little composition declares, even so it is with us. Their words intercept. One of our great national statesmen said that this whole nation under God might have a new birth of freedom. Abraham could not give you this freedom, but I came to give it. As the sermon progressed the people around me shouted words of joy, Praise you, Father. I listened intently, but the words were strange to me. The actions of the people around me were like nothing I'd ever experienced, I had a mountain of food before me, but I wasn't comfortable enough to eat much. I was still wondering what was going to happen to me. I had only been away from my mother for one day. I wasn't crying anymore. But I felt like I should be. I couldn't figure out what to cry about. It got quiet after the banquet, and many of the people who had come in from father's other properties for the banquet were leaving, pouring out of the double doors back to the waiting line of town cars and limos. Happy and I walked out the side door, over to the brothers' quarters, while the sun finally set, what did you think of it? He asked. It was crazy, I said, fun. I hesitated for a minute then asked the question weighing on my mind. Happy, about my mom and Susie. Where are they? They are being taken care of, Happy said. Just like Father Divine is taking care of you here. He's taking care of them. They are living among followers. We sat in the TV room for a while, watching Peace Mission approved programmings, like My Three Sons or Heidi. I was finally ready to go to sleep. When we walked back down the corridor to our room, Marty was already there, asleep. I crawled into my tiny bed, and Happy turned out the lights. Everything went pitch black. There wasn't a glimpse of light in that room. Nothing came through the windows, no light under the door, nothing. I stayed awake for what seemed like hours. When Marty and Happy drifted off to sleep, they snored so loud it shook the room. I was a nervous wreck and barely got any sleep. Something about the dark made me uncomfortable. I would have one more night in the dark before it would become.